Welcome to the Marketing Meetup Podcast. My name is Max Hoppy, not Joe Glover, and I've hijacked today's intro because our guest spoke at the Manchester Marketing Meetup earlier in the week where I was hosting. So who is this guest? Well, he's a chap called Robin Skidmore who founded a marketing agency called Journey Further. They are the fastest growing performance agency in Europe, but Robin isn't actually going to talk about what they do. Instead, he's going to go under the bonnet and show us how they have created one of the most envied organizational cultures in the marketing world. I think there's two good angles, actually, if, as a listener to this uh, presentation. Uh, the, the first angle to think about is, um, where do you want to work? Because for me, it's a place like Journey Further. And Robin shows you what a forward-thinking, people-first business um, how they operate and I think that's quite inspiring and if you're thinking of changing job in the near future I would be stealing I'd be making a wish list which is in part based on what Robin is doing at Journey Further. The second angle that's particularly interesting to me is if you're in a leadership position if you're leading marketing people Robin shows you some incredibly powerful ways of bringing a culture to life um, of of decentralizing a lot of decision-making actually and I'm going to make some real changes in my business having heard him speak. Before I do pass the microphone to Robin I just want to shout out our two sponsors of today's podcast. The first is a new sponsor a technology business called AdRoll and they help with remarketing. They help you when you're when you're thinking of growing a business and acquiring customers. Most people you initially speak to don't buy your products and services, and AdRoll's technology allows you to keep the conversation going. Um, they're one of the first movers in the remarketing space. They're not uh, they're, they're very well established. Actually, I've known about them for years, and they really are best in class. So the second sponsor is Pitch Consultants. They are a recruitment business based out of the Midlands and Manchester. And I can speak uh, very highly of them, given that I'm I use them. I'm using them right now for an open PPC role we have in my business, Bind. And I have to say, they deliver, in my opinion, the best candidate and the best client experience that I've seen in the marketing recruitment space. And I've been recruiting for embarrassingly over 15 years. Um, so I, I feel I know my onions and, and Pitch are a, a really wonderful organization that I highly recommend. So that's it from me. I'm now going to pass the microphone to Robin. Thanks, Robin. Cool. Wow. Woo. Right. Forgive me for using notes, but I've got a lot to cover and a terrible memory. Um, firstly, thank you everyone for attending. Uh, thank you very much for the, for the invitation. I think my children seeing this today and the thought that people would come and listen to their daddy talk would be a very strange concept for them to understand. I'm pretty sure my wife would agree with that as well. Um, so I appreciate the effort. Check that suit out. Um, so that's how people used to dress about 20 years ago and how they still dress in London. Um, so this is... Uh, a picture taken from about 2003, I think, and this was my first um, foray into digital marketing. I've worked in digital um, 
my, my whole career. Student Guru was a website idea that I came up with when I was at university, um, and it was basically a way of coming to university and making your life easier. It had accommodation, listings, uh, reviews of restaurants, things like that. And I was a student by day, and by night I would travel to nightclubs um, taking photos of people wearing a high-vis student guru um, jacket. Um, and basically just taking photos of drunk, quite aggressive people, handing them a card that said student guru and saying, check out the website in the morning, your picture will be on there. Um, after about a month of doing this and realising that I was probably going to die from alcohol poisoning uh, if, if I didn't stop, um, I thought there must be an easier way to drive traffic. And it was at that time that I started understanding, researching, um, search, this thing called search engine optimization. And from that point, really, uh, I never looked back. This is more of a resemblance of what I look like now. Um, I've been in this industry for a long time. Last year, oh, I got into the 40 over 40 by campaign, which was probably the saddest day of my life. Um, <laughs> but at 42, I've built a lot of experience of the digital marketing sector. I've sold um, one agency and I've seen a really good culture basically die um, through that acquisition. And it was a really sad thing. I've then launched a second business um, and taken a lot of learnings. Um, and it's the journey further story of what's happened over the last five years that I'm going to concentrate and, and talk about um, today. So, journey further, have a bit of water actually, quickly. Apart from sounding like a 2000 boy band, um, is one of the fastest growing, um, or potentially the fastest growing agency in Europe. Um, it's also, and this is a big one for me and the, the most important thing, last year it got voted in the top 10 companies, mid-sized companies to work for in the UK. And that's an accolade I've been after my, my whole career. I like to think of myself as, as, as a person that runs people first businesses. And I'm really gonna talk about that today. Culture being at the forefront of um, the way I like to run businesses. And I set myself the goal of getting into that list um, within the first five years of Journey Further. You can only get on that list if you turn over about five million uh, pounds a year. So in the year that we hit that figure, which was 2021, we entered for it. Um, the fact that we got into the top 10 was, a, I mean, even getting listed would have been a brilliant um, thing for, for all of us in the business to achieve. To reach top 10 um, meant a lot and was, was a really proud moment. We launched the business in 2017. Um, and over the last five years, it's grown from three people to about 160 people now. Um, last year was a really stellar year for us. Um, we grew by 95%. We hired 77 new people. Nearly all of that was done uh, virtually, which is really difficult. We maintained 95% of our client base of around 60 clients, um, roughly throughout the year. And we achieved an annual churn rate of our um, staff of less than 2%. So we've never lost more than 2% of our workforce um, every year in existence. And that's a difficult thing to maintain as you're scaling into sort of the headcounts of, of a few hundred. We are a values-led business and anyone who works in business uh, would profess to that. Uh, and somewhere where people matter above, above everything. Um, and I get regular feedback from people, including people like 
Matt, who say they admire the culture um, of the business. And that's really great feedback for me because we have a really conscious approach to culture. From day one, um, we sat down and thought, what type of business do we want to create? And I'm a firm believer that if you get the culture right, it creates great commitment, motivation, which ultimately leads to high performance. And high performance is going to lead to growth and success. And that's really what gets me, gets me out of bed this morning. Um, culture in a business will form whether you like it or not. We chose not to take the risk and to have that conscious approach right from the start. Um, so when we sat down and thought about the business, I'm a big fan of Seth Godin. I'm hoping lots of people in the audience have heard of Seth. We were very fortunate to have Seth speak to Nathan, that's our head of marketing on our podcast. He also spoke at one of our events. And he talks about, instead of wondering when your next vacation is, maybe you should set up a life you don't need to escape from. And that stayed with me um, from, from the time I read it and really helped guide some of the decisions that we took early on when we, start, when we started the business. And that was ultimately to create a business on, on our terms. Um, so the reason we started the agency um, was that there was three founders. We'd all worked in relatively large agencies, either as owners or operators. And we basically just saw a lot of stuff that we thought was wrong. In the agency uh, landscape, I think it's got better over the last few years, bearing in mind we started five years ago, there was a lot of fat, a lot of layers, unnecessary layers of people. Um, there, was, there wasn't too much transparency. There wasn't always value to be had, and sometimes the fees were, were over the top. And we just thought we could do a better job of that. The wrong we wanted to write was to go into a space that was lacking in clarity and in speed and, and change that around and create, a, and create the antidote to the problem that we saw in the agency landscape. But then we thought about actually the agency and thought, well, actually, we want to set the precedent for how businesses should be run. Um, and the vision for the business, irrespective of being a marketing agency, was to set the standard for modern business today and tomorrow. And that was the vision that acted as the, the guiding compass for us for the first five years. We've recently changed the vision of the business um, to align to the new journey we want to go on for the next five years. I'm not going to talk about that today because the story and, and the, um, um, the bits I want to pull out is, is really the, the decisions that we made that laddered up to this, to this vision that we had. So if that was the vision, what decisions um, would you make to create a modern uh, workforce? Bit old hat now, but it wasn't five years ago. So at the start of the business, because th three of the founders had kids, we wanted to ensure that we could work on our terms. And that meant having 100% flexibility within the workplace. So whether you were a graduate or whether you were a founder, you could decide, and you still can, where you want to work, when you want to work. Um, and that meant that there's this sort of level of trust between employer and employee that I think has been missing in the workplace. And I'm of the opinion that if you've trusted someone to bring them into the organization, trust them that they're going to do the work. Um, so one of the early decisions that we made was to provide 100% flexibility and be really true to it. People talk about this now, I do not believe that they're offering what we believe is, is flexibility. And that was a, a big USP for us until COVID hit. Um, luckily, we do some other stuff as well. Um, this is a picture from our office with a big long table down the middle of it. And this doesn't seem like a lot, but it's really important. So when we moved into our, our first proper office, I purposely looked for a building that was completely empty. 
because I wanted the team to design what went in it. What I didn't want to do as the person that ran the business was to make all the decisions. So I wanted to create a, an environment of collaborative decision making and that runs throughout the business because ultimately it's our business collectively. Um, so I wanted to ensure that they had a part to play in designing the environment that ultimately they're going to go and work in. And what we did is we split up in teams. Um, everyone pitched ideas for the new office. They had to be aligned to the values. One of our values is being together and nearly every uh, one in the business put forward the idea of just having one big long table because in the office we were in before we couldn't eat together so if we want to be together let's create an environment that we can actually um, get together and that thing has had more use than anything else in in the office and every day that we're in that office you will see people uh, eating together and it doesn't seem like a big thing you know all those tables were bespoke made they're all on brand we can cut them up into um, individual desks but there is a huge long um, table where everyone gets together pretty much every day they're in the office bringing your whole self to work i've worked in enough places where i was one person at work and i was another person at home and i just didn't want um, that to be commonplace within our organization i just don't think that's how businesses should be run this is a picture of katie doing a talk um, doing a talk about meditation. So a way in which we thought we'd be able to create um, this feeling of being able to bring yourself to work was through a thing we call um, Friday Learn Together sessions. Now these aren't like lunch and learns like you'd have in a typical business. This is the ability for anyone in the business to talk about anything that they feel passionate about. Um, so this could be anything from sailing, Morris dancing. I think we did that Scottish dance the other day. Um, to more deeper um, conversations around coping with dyslexia or depression uh, and people really opening up in the workplace. And it's really powerful. I mean, there's been some absolutely amazing things that people have wanted to share with the business and we're able to do it in a safe, caring environment, which means that um, we're really trying to live up to what we started, at, what we believed we were starting at the start of creating an environment that ultimately I would want to work in if I was back in the workplace now and I was struggling to find when I was looking for a job when I was younger. It's brilliant to see people completely unprompted posting things on LinkedIn. This was only a couple of weeks ago, talking about the comparison of where they work now versus where they worked before, you know, and calling things out about being able to bring their, their whole self to work. Gives me a lot of satisfaction as a leader that I'm doing the right job. Oh. Side hustles. Um, we want the business to be fair. And I think if you run a business in this day and age and you think that your staff don't have passive income, you're absolutely kidding yourself. Most employment contracts will have a clause to say that you can't work anywhere else or own a shareholding in another business of, of, of a particular percent. I've got side hustles. I own a pub. I invest in really bad property developments. Um, <laughs> I invest in pretty bad startups as well. So if I'm allowed to do it, then the business should be allowed to do it. Another one of our values is um, being open. Um, so we actually promote side hustles. I want people in the business to have things on the side because I want them to think like business 
owners rather than just operators. I think it will give them a more empathetical view when speaking to clients and they'll probably see the clients, uh, see it through the client size a bit more often and probably make better decisions. So we're actually talking about creating a fund where we can invest in um, stuff, uh, some of the business ideas that come out of, uh, of, of, of the business. And if any, no one's ever left the business because of a, start, um, um, a side hustle. And that was the, one of the questions the journalist at the Times asked me. But if they did, we'd be fully supportive and we'd probably invest in that business. Rife fight against what's going to happen anyway. So embrace it. So they're the things that, the sort of behaviours, and there's, there's plenty more, but I had to cut this down, um, that we try and promote within the business. There's a few things that we invest in, so where we, where we spend money as an agency. And continual learning is absolutely central um, within our business. And we invest in the same sort of training as most businesses do. We've got external leadership training forecast um, to start this year because we've got a, a lot of people that have moved into managerial positions that haven't got the training. But right at the start of the agency, I started reading a load of books. And in my previous life, running Epiphany, I've probably read about two books in 10 years. Then I started reading them when I um, quit and I didn't have anything to do. I was like, wow, books are really good. Um, <laughs> so what we were doing, we were sharing these books internally, but trying to really sort of take action from these books. And you've got, well, I've given you all one today that's relevant to this talk. And there's some stuff in there that, that changed the way in which we operate. And then sort of trialing things. Um, and we found it really impactful. So the way in which we line manage people and the management style we've got is, is based on the back of the Radical Candor book that Kim Scott um, has put out, which if you haven't read and you're in a managerial position is absolutely brilliant. Um, to the way we look at sustainability as a business on the back of a book that Lucy Siegel wrote about um, fighting a war on plastic. So the book club is this sort of central resource that pulls us together um, to learn and develop ourselves and the business. But we found it so powerful, we wanted to put it out to the outside world. So we started opening it up to clients, and then we started it up to really anybody with an interest in marketing and an interest um, to learn and develop. And there's a certain Max Hoppy that likes it as well. And that was the first message that Max sent to me. And what we've done is created a community of about 2,000 people now, mainly marketers, CMOs, founders, digital marketers, um, who are part of our club, get a newsletter, read the books. We've gifted about 3,000 books over the last two years. We've got a platform where we get to bring the authors and the thought leaders into the environment to do talks. We've had Rory Sutherland doing a great event in London. We've done events with uh, Anne Bowden, CEO of Starling Bank, um, others that I can't remember. So central to, to the type of business we want to be is that it's about continual development, but doing it in a slightly less formal way than other businesses would do, uh, and basically utilising the power of books. On the book theme, one of the books that we read that had another big impact on the business is this book, um, The Power of Moments. And it's, really, it's, it's a brilliant book. It's one of the best books I've read. And it, it, it just basically talks about certain events that happen throughout life that you remember. Um, and some of those are intentional and some of them aren't. But it gave us the thinking that there are certain cultural things that we want to do throughout the year that just create a great feeling and goodwill within the agency. So in my previous agency, we uh, used to give pretty arbitrary bonuses 
each year. Average is about 500, 600 pounds. It was meant to be linked to performance. It wasn't really. It was more of an expectation. It didn't really drive the behaviours that you'd want a bonus to drive. It actually became quite divisive because at the end of the year, you might have got 600 pounds, you might have got 400 pounds, but you think you both did the same job. So we made the decision early on that instead of doing that, we will provide experience over things. And I think the money that, and we, so we basically pulled that money together and we put on uh, events. And this is, our, this is our summer smash. And we do this every year and we have done for four years. This one is actually a bit more special because this was right at the end of lockdown where you've, you've only met in sort of groups of probably six or eight people, I can't remember what the number was. Then all of a sudden you were able to get together half the people I never even met because you've, you've hired so many people remotely. So it was just this sort of release chance to get together um, and have a great time. It's two and a half days, so it's not just a sort of day's jolly out with the, with the business, it's a proper commitment from people. So basically get together, do a load of activities, have a load of fun. And I'm of the firm belief that the goodwill that these types of events drive um, in terms of the motivation and commitment towards the business will have a much longer impact than paying 500, 600 quid to somebody that will probably be spent. And the memories that this creates will last a lot longer. Oh, there was a pretty um, uh, epic rap battle between our head of people and our uh, director of PR where they got every single department up, sat them down and proper berated them. Was, <laughs> I mean, it's like full of expletives, it was, it was hilarious. Um, cool, so, so these are some of the sort of culturally significant things that, that we invest in. And we think we've got a good culture, but as any good performance marketing agency should do, we don't wanna just think it, we wanna get the data to back it up as well. So I was sitting in a board meeting about two years ago and we were looking at the usual board pack, which is ultimately a load of financial numbers. And it sort of dawned on me that we're trying to be this uh, people-led business. We are a people-first business. The, the, the happiness and well-being of our team is of paramount importance. Yet every month we're reviewing financial figures that tells us nothing about the happiness of our business. And basically realised that we needed a separate P&L, if you like, that looked at all the important metrics around the team and how happy they were. Um, so we went around and on the market, and it's quite a lot of tools, and no doubt you use similar things in, in your workplace, but one that we found that's really useful is a tool called Office Vibe. It does a lot of stuff, but one of the key things we use it for um, is the EMPS score, which is an Employee Net Promoter Score. So similar to what brands would use to measure their um, uh, net Promoter Score does the same thing for the business and it asks the question on, on a scale of 0 to 10 how likely are you to recommend your organisation as a good place to work. So we track this and have tracked this for years and it's a really good tool to just look at shifts because if you suddenly see a, a trough you want to understand why. If your business has suddenly gone from being happy to being unhappy or they, they're not recommending you as the business anymore I want to know about it. So you can see here sort of when Covid hit Morale goes low. We had to give 80%, we, we, we took 20% deduction on salaries at that point. So lo and behold, people were a little bit less keen on promoting the business and uh, talking about the business in a good way. We gave that back in December and made the announcement around there. Um, so the confidence in the business came back. Um, but what's great for me to see is not only are we scoring pretty well as a business, or very well, because that's sort of off the charts, but 
over this period, we've doubled the headcount in the business. And you'd think that the, um, the goodwill within the business would change and probably go downwards, or the, the reputation of the business, just because there's more people. And it's harder to keep that many people engaged and motivated. But actually, the culture and people-first approach that we've got seems to be working for everybody. But I also think that's down to the people that we're hiring and the fact that every single one of those people that we hired, those 77 people, and also the 150 or so that we've got, have all been hired internally. We don't use recruiters for anything. We have three full-time recruiters and all the, the, their whole job is to go and look for the right people. We assess them based on values and fit. The tool, um, just this is just really for, for you to understand what this tool can do. I don't work for them. I don't get endorsed by Office Vibe. I probably should. Um, we'll look at line managers in particular, um, how they're performing and getting graded by their by their team and all these important things that a manager should be uh, um, concerned about. And also we can group that up in de into departments as well. Um, so yeah, a real sort of experience and data-led approach to culture and a very conscious approach to culture that I think um, has been the reason why we've achieved some of those growth um, and retention statistics that I said at the start. As we grow, into our next sort of phase of growth in the next 12 to 24 months, and, I've, and I expect that headcount to probably double to more like 300, we're not gonna be able to maintain that level of retention, I don't think. Um, and we've just gotta be prepared with the fact that some people wanna move on. And that started to happen. Um, and Jack, who's one of uh, the first employees, is like in, in, in the first 10 people we employed, sent this to me, um, well, and to, and to the other two founders in January this month. He's got his dream job, and we would never stop anyone leaving the business. We ultimately want to support them, make sure the doors open, and look after them when they leave. But this sort of stuff is what I need to motivate me, um, because it's pretty important that the CEO is happy too. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. And thank you, Journey Further, for lending us, Robin. That was super inspiring. I told you all that'd be good. And I have to say, having uh, seen it live and hearing it now the second time, I probably got more actually the second time around. I've, I've scribbled a load of notes um, and I'm off to go and make lots of changes in my life and my work. So thanks for listening in. Uh, we appreciate uh, every single person that gives up their time to listen to the Marketing Meetups content, and we hope to see you at the next event. Bye for now, and have a great day.